It's time for Push to Play, your weekly trophy podcast with Mindy and CJ. Welcome and thank you for joining us for episode 23 of Push to Plat. Look, we're back again this week. We have a wonderful guest. We have The Mind is a City, or oh, I'm very tired, The Mind is a City, and we even have me, CJ, recording from a new location with actual first world internet. So we will see what happens today, listeners. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we come across loud and clear for you. But look, why don't we find out if Mindy is still alive? Mindy, are you still there? Are you still uh, with us? Barely. Barely. <laughs> Should we give you a few moments to adjust while we, uh, we uh, introduce the guest? That sounds good. Okay. Uh, today we're joined by Slammer Jammer 28. How are you today, sir? I am doing fantastic. How are you, CJ? Look, I'm pretty good. I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to complain at this stage, you know. But look, let's get 20 minutes in, and we'll see how things are. How <laughs> things sit then, shall we? Now, look, I uh, I understand that you have a fascination with pineapples, sir. Uh, that would be a could correct you, statement. Yes. Could you Could you explain to us, our listeners that, that aren't familiar with this, when did this start? How did it How did it come about? Well, it was about eight about eight years ago. Um, there was. Actually, two shows at the same time. One was How I Met Your Mother. There was a episode in there with a pineapple where it was kind of just in the side, and one of the characters kept asking, "But what about the pineapple?" The pineapple he incident. Made a really, yes, the pineapple incident. He made a huge deal about the pineapple. No one cared about the pineapple, but all it's all he could fixate on. And later on in the series, he had like a big old map drawn out, and he was trying to solve what it was for and all that. That was hilarious. And also. One of my favorite television shows is Psych, and Psych has a running gag where there's a pineapple in every single episode. So I got my wife involved with Psych, and then we both kind of started looking for the pineapples, and that became a thing. And then one Christmas, she did the 12 Days of Christmas, and like half of the gifts were pineapple-related. And at that point, it just took off, and like I got pineapple stuff here. I got pineapple... Um, wall hooks pineapple wallpapers pineapple uh, decorative plaques on the wall it was just pineapples everywhere and it just it's a collection that keeps growing and my fondness for it will never end that's fantastic <laughs> do you enjoy eating pineapple as well or is it just a, a collecting thing oh it is delicious yes oh, absolutely okay. <laughs> i like it i like it now mindy i understand you've been pretty busy today at this uh, mo game conference is that correct did i say it right that's why I'm so tired. I, uh, I'm getting old, man. <laughs> Join the club. I, uh, so I talked about this. I think, I think during Velvet's episode, I talked about this, but, uh, I, I live in the Midwest and, um, every year there's something called Mo Game Con, Missouri game convention. And it's the biggest, um, mostly retro gaming convention in the Midwest. So you get people from Chicago and, uh, I met a guy who came in from Michigan today. So this kind of area of the, of the Midwest, everyone comes down and spends money or sells stuff. And this year I was selling stuff 
And I did mention that I wanted to buy a, v a second Vita, and I did do that. So I now have a second Vita. Yeah. Fantastic. So was this a successful day? Yeah, it was successful. You know, could have been more successful, could have sold more. I, uh, I'm i happy with what I did sell. Did you see any strange, uh, you know, strange occurrences there, perhaps? Any animals? Or... I did. So there was um, a macaw. This guy was walking around with... Uh, a macaw on his shoulder. A very chatty macaw, actually. Never really got mm -hmm. an explanation as to why he did. He's just some dude walking around buying stuff, and he's got a macaw on his shoulder. <laughs> the macaw got on my shoulder and, and liked me very much, so that was that was nice. Uh, Walter Day was there. And for, for those who don't know, Walter Day is... He runs Twin Galaxies, which is a... It was an arcade. I don't know if the arcade is still open anymore, but um, now it's it's um, like the official uh, high score or speed run leaderboard. So it used to be that if you wanted to set a record on arcade games like like, uh, you know, Donkey Kong or, or things like that, you would have to go to the Twin Galaxies arcade in. I don't remember where it is. I think it's up in in. Uh, Minnesota? I'm probably dead wrong about that. But you used to have to go there and set the record on those machines. If you ever saw Wreck-It Ralph, the guy who owns the arcade after Walter Day in the in the referee jersey, the black and white. So he was there and that was cool. And then a bunch of YouTube celebrities I don't know. I Apparently I, I sold one some games. I had no idea who the dude was. and uh, But I'm seeing other people in the local gaming community posting pictures and th this guy's in like all of them. So I was like, Oh, I, I guess mm -hmm. I sold a YouTube celebrity, some video games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it obviously didn't make your day. <laughs> your brush with YouTube I celebrity. Know who he was. I actually <laughs> you should have got him to sign something. <laughs> I used to, I used to work at um, GameStop and there was a day that I was on shift by myself and this guy came in and we were talking about horror games and stuff. And, and apparently he was he was a, a an athlete. He was a, a hockey player, and I had no idea who the dude, who, who the dude was until uh, he walked out and some customer walked in and was freaking out in front of me. And he was like, "Oh my god, that was I don't even remember his name." And I googled and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess that was him." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good to see Ninja has time to drop by and buy uh, buy some games off you, even if you don't know who right. it is. So Slammer, <laughs> so Slammer, let's let's turn the focus back to you, sir. Would you like to Would you like to give our listeners a little little background on yourself, on your gaming, or you know whatever you'd like? You know, aside from the pineapples that we've already covered. Sure. So my gaming history goes back quite some time. While I was growing up, my parents did not and would not buy us any console of any sort. So I had to grow up on PC games. I say that like it's a negative thing. It was a good thing at the time. <laughs> Back in the day, you used to be able to resell PC games, and I had hundreds and hundreds of PC games. So I had a great library growing up. I played a ton of games, but they wouldn't ever let us get us a console. So at Blockbuster back in the day, they had that rental thing. I believe you guys spoke about this a while back, where we would rent a console for you know a few days and play it. And it was the greatest three days of my life. And as time went on, I, I just yearned for the day I could get a console. I would go to friends' houses. I'd play theirs. And 
it was just like, oh man, this is just so awesome. I don't think my parents love me. <laughs> but um, finally made it to college. And one of the first things I did was buy a PlayStation 2 at the time. They didn't have a PlayStation 3 yet. But I bought the PlayStation 2, gamed on that a whole bunch. And then, you know, I just proceeded on with the PS3. I actually bought Rock Band before I had a PS3. Because I, I would loved Guitar Hero when I had uh, PS2. And so I heard about Rock Band coming out. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a PS3 someday. So I'm just going to go ahead and buy it. So I bought it and I played it on a friend's in his dorm room. And then it just went on and now I got my PS4. I got my Vita. Uh, so that's my gaming history. A little personal history. I actually am a event director at PlayStationTrophies.org. Uh, the same wonderful site that Mindy is a guide team member at. So what I do is basically I will help create events for a community to earn trophies, give them some sort of separate uh, avenue for doing so. So that's ma mainly what I do in my spare time outside of actual working. And, oh, I'm also a parent of two and a, and a husband. You know, this, all these other things that, yeah, it's a little volume in the background that goes on <laughs> just the normal. yeah that's that's pretty much the gist of my life it's it's a lot of chaos but i try to make times to play games when i can you're making us look bad <laughs> uh sorry it's, it's, it's another high achiever mindy you know <laughs> what are we what are we supposed to do here but look no we're gonna we're going to get into all that event uh, directing later on but so it's safe to say you're you're, you're primarily or you're only a playstation gamer now is that, is that correct i actually do have a switch I oh, uh, got that for Christmas because I wanted to play some some Mario. So uh, I got that, and my oldest son, he loves it. Uh, he loves watching me play Mario. He just he makes all the noises. He goes, wah, 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 <laughs> He jumps around. He, he has a blast watching it. So I have that as well. Uh, I had a Xbox 360 at one point, but it wasn't enough for me to enjoy it, so I sold that. But basically now I am strictly Sony outside of the Switch. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, excellent. So normally at this point, listeners, you know, we delve into to favorite genres and things, but we actually have a, a question today uh, from Fernando on the Twitter, and that sort of covers it. So I'll throw this question out, uh, Slammer, and, and perhaps you and, and Mindy would like to answer uh, as we go. So the question here is, tell us your favorite games out of three different genres. I'm just curious VNs do count, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. So you know that's a that's a VN lover. I like it. Yeah. So so Slammer, do you do you have some games or you can throw out for us here that that you like? Sure. Since the uh, stipulation there was that VNs do count, I'm going to go ahead and give my favorite VN. Uh, that would be the only VN I believe I've played, which was Hatful Boyfriend. The wonderful oh, okay. pigeon dating pigeon. simulator. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was actually, I actually really enjoyed that story. You know, starting off, I, the story was like, okay, this is kind of dumb. But as you go further into all the different endings, it actually got pretty interesting. And there was this one final ending that took like, I don't know, two or three hours to read. But it was actually really cool. Surprisingly and deep. Like deeper than a game about very deep. pigeon dating has any right yeah. to Yeah. It went like completely 180 on me i was like oh my gosh what is happening this is insane and actually now thinking i did play the sequel or whatever but oh, i did that for an event yeah i did it for an event though so i didn't really pay attention to it which i do want to go back and read it just to see if it holds up to anything which i don't think it does but i do like to actually get my money's worth for my game so i'll probably go back and play it sometime mm -hmm. and another genre i 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. Just, just before you go on, I was going to say, what a novel experience, listeners. We have someone that's played a VN in English on this podcast. Is that a first, Mindy? Uh, I mean, has, hey, has I, there been? I've played it and read it. <laughs> well, well, no, me, no need to brag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, that, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Please, please Okay, continue. and the second, uh, I'm going to go with RPG. That would be Fallout 2, which was the original top-down isometric perspective rpg uh actually i was thinking fallout one as my favorite but thinking about it a little more fallout two was much deeper and there was just so much more you could do so i'd have to give it to that one and the final one i will have to go with the adventure slash not that one strike that sorry puzzle puzzle genre there we go i'm gonna i don't i couldn't really pick one but the pick a picks series which is Picross. I love Picross. I have like eight or nine different versions of it on my phone. So as soon as those games come out, I'm all about it. I've actually written the guides for those on playstationtrophies.org. So if I had to pick one of them, I'd have to say Pieces because it's a little more intricate than just the normal ones where it has each puzzle is a piece of a larger puzzle. So you can't really look at it and say, oh, it's probably going to look like this. You can't really tell until you have a whole picture of what it's going to look like, which I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Mindy, would you like to throw? I, I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna double whammy here and get your your usual question in as well. So please be my guest. Let's see. Well, let's go pseudo visual novel here. Um, I'm gonna say, <laughs> well, because it's not really. There's a lot of reading, but it's not strictly a visual novel because there's a lot Ooh. of gameplay in it. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna go uh, Danganronpa. Ah, that's a good that choice. same kind of like Danganronpa, Danganronpa Phoenix Wright, where there's a lot of reading, but then you like investigate stuff, and so yeah. the actual game is or, or um, it's all kind of on the same tier for me. I, I I had a hard time picking between Danganronpa and Phoenix Wright and and the Zero Escape series. It's all the same kind of game where it's it's pseudo visual novel with chunks of gameplay, but the genres are quite different. That's the one with the murderous teddy bear, isn't it? Uh, uh, is that right? Yes, Monokuma. The, the yin yang bear. Yeah, that's the, right. Y- the yin yang bear. Remember yes. his name? Yeah, Monokuma. That's right. Um, mm, mm, that's a great game. I, I like him a lot. I wasn't a huge fan of the third one, but um, those are personal reasons. So, uh, so those are, those are there. I like those quite a bit and recommend them. They're a lot easier to, mm-hmm. to access now because they've ported them onto the PS4. Used to be, you could only play them on the Vita. Uh, but now they've been ported on the PS4, which is nice. What else? You know, I got, I got to go point and click, but I don't know which one to give you here. Um, because slam point and click is a genre. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the hidden object game. No, not a hidden object game though. <laughs> I don't know if I should go Monkey Island or Sam and Max. The original Sam and Max is a lot of fun. Or Day of the Tentacle. Hmm. You know, these kind of LucasArts point and clicks were were all pretty great and I played them quite a bit uh when I was younger. Fate of Atlantis is a classic. I think I brought that up recently. Well, you, you can go with them all if you like. Yeah, they're all I great. Think I think that's that's acceptable. Turning into 
this is kind of turning into what three genres do you like? Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, it's a broad answer. Yeah. It's a broad church here. Yeah. And, and do you have another one? Another genre? You know, I, I, I guess kind of the third person shooters. I like Uncharted. I like third person shooters with a story, like a nice story, nice meaty story. So that's why I like the Uncharted games. Yeah. It's why I've gotten into the Far Cry games a little more. But then I also really, really, really like Assassin's Creed. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> despite despite the last hundred hours, you still do. I like it. <laughs> despite despite some questionable entries in the in the uh, in the series, and you'd think I'd have fatigue from it, but yeah. um, no, it's the same as Lego games for me. Like I still have it's still this it's it's the same damn game, but I still have fun with them. Yeah. So I'll keep playing them. Yeah. That's good. That's that's. And then little bonus, I guess JRPG. Let's go, sixteen bit. So that era, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy four and six, love them. Mm. You can't do wrong with any of those. No, they're all great. Uh, oh, there you go, Fernando. That's plenty there. Look, I'll throw in just because no one, no one did a rhythm game. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the only person that likes the music rhythm games. Uh, but the Hatsune, the Project Diva X, I thought was exceptional. It, it's pretty long. Um, it's probably about a hundred hours or so. It's very grindy, like all of those games. But it has a, a good difficulty spike at the end. And I mean, the songs are the songs are great. So I'd recommend that one. And then, as far as driving games go, well, you know, there is there is only one. And seeing we're being very liberal with our, you know, our time periods here, then I'm just going to be liberal with my console choice and throw out uh, Forza Horizon, the greatest racing game ever made and series without a doubt. Both three set in Australia was fantastic and the current one, four in the UK. And of course, Mindy, as I'm not sure if you know or not, but the, the second DLC expansion for that game was actually a Lego like a Lego world for, for the cars. So I did know fantastic. about that, yeah. <laughs> so they always do crazy sort of um, expansions. So this, this is very crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's it's very cool. So I'd throw, those, uh, I'd throw those two out there just to round us off. So that's a, that's a ton of. A ton of games. I don't know, Fernando. You'll have to let us know, you know, what what you enjoy uh, for your games as well, or or any of the listeners uh, can. So look, you know, now that we're talking games, you know, this is a, this is a much better start than sometimes. You know, where we get we get sidetracked for ages. Why don't we go straight into what we've been playing and slam up? We should start with you. I feel because your list is your. There's a lot of quality here, which is you know unusual for us. So so please let us know what, what have you been playing. Yeah. So. I typically actually don't get to play all that often, and I knew I was going to come on here, so I figured I'd you know try to put a little bit more interesting things on there, just so I'd have something to talk about. Not because I wanted to complete them or anything, but yeah. So here we go. I'll start with, uh, it was actually a couple weeks ago, I finished the latest Pick-A-Pix, which is Pick-A-Pix Color 2, uh, just another Pacross game. Just if you love Pacross, it's right up your alley. I love all of them. So I finished that one, and then I finished Crash Bots, which I've been working on for about a month, mm-hmm. which is kind of a endless runner lane shifting type game, where you have to avoid obstacles and shoot objects, and it's was actually pretty tough. Not because it's a tough game, but because the uh, mechanics weren't as smooth and as crisp as they could be. So it took a lot of practice to get the idea of perfect out of your head and try to learn okay this is how it actually works so you can get through that that took a lot of a lot of practice to get through and then i finished portal knights uh last night which was just a long horrendous grind 
I actually had someone Sherpa me through the story uh, and they got me to the final boss. So I got all those story things and then it came down to, okay, you need to do your upgrades. You need to craft a thousand of this. You need to mine 56,000 blocks, yada, yada, yada. So I spent, I don't know, like the last week for like three hours a night, just trying to finish that off. And then yesterday I finished, actually that was today, sorry. Today I finished Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, which was a tough one because it had those two tough ones where you have to finish the obstacle course in 15 seconds and then finish that last airplane scene in under a minute. Uh, Those were tough, took a lot of practice, but I finally got those ones. And then this morning I started Wolfenstein 2. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm not going to finish that one and get the platinum because there is no way I'm going to be able to do the mine eleven. There's absolutely no way. Yeah. I don't have. Maybe maybe if you begged uh, if you begged Easty, he might he might take pity yeah, on you. I don't even think he would. I think he's done his due time having done it twice now. So I don't I don't <laughs> wouldn't blame him for not wanting to do it ever again. <laughs> yeah, the, the I don't know how far you're into that game, but the writing in that game is fantastic. Even at, even at the start, it's quite um. Yeah, it's quite abrupt. Yeah, I liked it. That's good. So look, I'm just going to go back a little bit because you threw out a lot of stuff there. And I was thinking I got I get distracted by lots of shiny things and then I, I lose focus. But I just want to go back to Crashbots for a second because this game sounds familiar. I'm sure I've played five minutes of this game. Now, only a handful of people have actually platted this game. So th- it must be quite tough. Yeah, I'm the seventh person, apparently, according to PlayStation profiles, at least. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's tough. I just think... It's not something people want to do because I think the toughest part is that there are five quote unquote endless levels, which you basically you there's a world section and then an endless section. The world you have like a short minute long course that you have to do and get three stars and do all this stuff. But then there's the endless where you have to reach three different goals for running a certain distance and also you know, earning X amount of coins or destroying X amount of targets. So it's just really tough in that aspect where you have to, you know, learn the controls and you have to actually be focused on it. I don't think there's a lot of people that actually own it. I think let's look. Yeah. 25 people own it in the, in North America. So I, I I think it's just not one of those popular games. So that may be why there's not many people who have got the platinum. It's one of those games where you have to three-star every world as well, isn't it? So you have yeah. to perfect every level. Yeah, that can be that can be frustrating. <laughs> you must have quite a quite a high frustration limit. I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd actually call myself a bit of a masochist because yeah. I like playing games like that that really force me to be better. Like I really loved Call of Duty: World at War. Yes, yeah. Which a lot of people would say uh, you are insane if you enjoy that. Like if it's got any sort of difficulty attached to it, I'm all about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. that's true but then i see you still have daggerwood here as well so you know look, look there. <laughs> and actually funny story with that i actually continued playing after i earned the play yes, yeah it was a good game yeah yeah it actually yeah. was like it got way better after you earned the platinum yeah. which was kind of frustrating because if the platinum was you know even after the end of the first world, people would have said, wow, this is actually really cool because they add a lot of mechanics mm. that aren't introduced before you get to the mm. platinum. Mm. That's right. Now, I know you also, you do a lot of VR stuff, don't you? I think I've seen some of your guides and, and things like this for VR. Uh, and I I do own a VR, yeah. I wouldn't say I've done too much. I actually had about a week where I just head down, played a lot of VR. 
So I got a lot of VR on my profile in that case, but hmm. there's still a lot I have to play and want to play like Astrobot. I have that. I haven't opened it. I don't know why, because it's one of the best VR games out there, but I just haven't had the time to put myself to it and do it. But yeah, I got some VR games out there. I love the VR. The first time I put it on, I was, I felt like a little kid again. Like I put it on, I looked around like, this is so awesome. And then I loaded up the, the playroom and did the Astrobot demo in there. Oh my gosh. It, it seriously felt like a little kid. I was giggling and my wife, I think she recorded it and she was just in astonishment of how much I was enjoying it. Yeah. It, it can be, the experience can be, can be phenomenal. I agree. I noticed that you did a little bit of thumper as well. The, the um, aggressive music rhythm game, I suppose you could say. Yeah. You enjoyed it? Is it's that, great. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually easier in VR. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're actually there and you're, it's, it's a little closer to you. So you have a lot easier time seeing what's going on. But yeah, I really enjoy that. It's kind of it's kind of a rhythm game where, you know, the, the beats you have to hit kind of match up. So I like it in that case. Uh, the music is interesting and it's definitely tough. That's for sure. It is, yeah. I remember when I first I first read the description for it, and someone had written, uh, some journalist had written, it's like a, a music violence game, and I was like, what, what is a violent music game? Like that can't, that can't be. But yeah, I mean, the, the use of percussion, it's it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very great. jarring at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. That's a that's a that's a wide array of stuff. Excellent, good. So, Mindy, what have you been up to this week? Not a ton. I actually, before I move on. Um, I'm going to go back on your list a little more, Slamma, and I want to ask you about Super Life of Pixel. Because mm, yes. this seems right up my alley. Yeah, that's another uh, hidden gem that not many people know about. It's it's a uh, a platformer, more or less, uh, where you just, you're going through this. It's a progression where you start in the 8-bit, and then you work your way up to the 16-bit and all the way up to 32-bit. You go through each generation of console. You got your Atari, you got your uh, Commodore 64, and you go through each uh, world, and the worlds are designed to mimic what it kind of looked like back in the day when you were playing on those things. So it's really cool in that aspect. It's it's your your basic platformer where you got to go through the level, find all the collectibles, and get to the end. Um, and it's pretty difficult, too, because it's one of those where you have to collect everything in one run and the levels mm. get longer and longer and tougher and tougher. But it's it's a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. So there's no stage select or anything? There is. So, yeah, you can go back and you know clean up. But, yeah, it's yeah, it's not a you have to play through once entirely. It's you play through the level, you earn it, you open the next one, you play that one, you try to get everything and go to the next one. So yeah, there is a stage select and it's, that's also crossfire with PS4, I believe. So you could attack it on either side, Mindy. Yes. I, it's on my, it's on my list. It's right up my alley, man. Um, I'm just, I'm just worried about this, this mm-hmm. speed run. I see a speed run trophy here. Yeah. That's a, it's a, a cumulative one. So your best time in that level. So you can go back and play the level again and just do it much faster. It's really not that bad because you'll, you'll find you're taking like, you know, 18 minutes to finish a level, but you're taking 18 minutes to get every single thing. So when you go back, you're like, okay, I just need to finish the level now. And then you can finish it like three minutes. So when I finished it, I think I was, you know, like three hours and 20 something minutes. And that was with actually not trying to do three hours and 22 minutes. So yeah, it's not that bad to do. That's pretty good. Excellent. Yeah, That's that is pretty good. good. I see you've got the Licky the Lucky Lizard lives again. I love that game. 
That is fantastic, that can. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I, I played that for a, a side oh, event, okay. and it, it, was, it was an enjoyable <laughs> little game. A little alliteration there in the morning. Awesome. So, so Mindy, now, what have, you, what have you been up to? Yes. What have you been playing? played a couple of things this week. Trying to remember the last time I was here, I talked about... I played a little more of Conga Master, but the RNG has not been kind to me this time. No. And I'm getting kind of bored playing the first two stages over and over again, but it's better than playing the whole game. Uh, (laughs) uh, Something I have played that is not on my profile because the trophies haven't gone live yet is um, Sagebrush. Hmm. And that comes out, I think it comes out on Tuesday. Excellent. Now, this is another cult simulator, isn't it? Or a cult game. It's another, it's another cult-inspired game, inspired. Yes. yes. I, I still maintain that there is no cult simulator because no one, you know, you are not running the cult. It should be. But this one, whereas, uh, what's it called? Church, Church in the Darkness, right? Yes, correct, yeah. Whereas Church in the Darkness is you infiltrating a cult compound an active cult compound like uh like jonestown sagebrush is is more uh heaven's gate it's an abandoned compound so it's it's a you know well i guess you'd call it a walking sim wouldn't you it's uh it's just kind of an exploration narrative kind of game where you you just walk around and pick up journal entries and and figure out what happened to this this cult is this a retro style game it's it's lo-fi so think um like uh playstation one graphics um i'm not entirely sure why it's in that that style it doesn't it doesn't hurt the game i don't think but i also didn't see a huge reason for it other than i guess less time and and resources and effort to program the game than if they'd done it in in you know 3D or Unity or something like that. I, I so, so this is a Rata game of the week, isn't it? I is it? I don't know if it's the Rata like a game. Is it? I don't think it is. Oh, it's not. Because I think oh, there's only one uh, list. I think it might be. They tweeted. Oh, did it. they? Oh, then I'm then yeah. I'm wrong. Then there's going to be like 20 more lists. Probably. But I actually I actually liked this. Quite a bit. I I was disappointed that the story was a little obvious. I figured out the the twist about midway, a third or or midway through the game, and I was right. Um, so that's always a little disappointing in a in a mystery game. But I liked it. It's got some nice atmosphere. There's nothing to jump scare on you here. Yeah. But there is something very very creepy about it. Maybe it's just that I think cults are really, really creepy. <laughs> well, creepy and fascinating. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a sick fascination there too for yeah, me. But yeah. they're they are they're very, they are very creepy cults. They are. And, and seeing seeing none of us can see the trophy list. Is it is it? Do you have to finish the game? Is it sort of a you know natural? Yes. Attrition? Yes, you do. <laughs> you do have to finish the game. The majority. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, about four, four or five trophies are. Story related. One of them is a story related trophy that is missable. You don't come across those too often. <laughs> no. It's it's a weird thing. Like I remember on Deponia, there's some you can miss some story related trophies if you skip cutscenes. 
And in this one, there's a point where you search an area and, and you have to do this to trigger events in the game where you search an area and there's a note and you don't specifically have to read the note, but if you don't read the note, you don't get the story related trophy. You know, it's the searching that's the the thing that propels the story, not specifically reading that note. So it might be might be worth checking a guide then for Yeah, for I did I did actually write a guide. It's not posted yet because oh, the game's not out yet. Sure. But it's it's also very quick. Uh I got the platinum in about a half an hour. Okay. Oh wow, it's really quick. Okay. It is it, you know, if you know what you're doing, it takes about a half an hour. If you don't know what you're doing, it takes about an hour, an hour and a half. It was designed to be short. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of a smaller map and and uh even the even the the game description says one to two hours, just in the description of the game. So they're very they're very upfront about that. And are, you, are, you, are we going to talk some Assassin's Creed today? Are you going to are you going to fill us in on your progress? We could if you want. Um, I, I haven't finished the DLC yet. I'm almost there. I I have played all of the Legacy of the First Blade. Mm-hmm. And I'm I've finished two of the three episodes of Fate of Atlantis. Nice. Which one do you prefer? Slammer, you don't you don't play Assassin's Creed, do you? I have played Assassin's Creed two, and that's it. I want to play all the other Assassin's Creed, but I feel like I'm so far behind. I'm just a lost cause at this point. Well, I can tell you which ones to play and which ones to avoid if you'd like. Uh, avoid Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you can go from just two to four. And read a summary of, it's not that they're not good. It's that at this point, you'd be fighting the controls more than, you know, there's been innovations in how games control since these earlier games came out. I mean, these last two games, you could almost just start there now, I think, couldn't you? I don't. The last two are a complete overhaul of how these games work. So really, I think they should be judged on a different plane as everything prior to assassin's creed origins because it took much more of a kind of rpg slant after that with you know equipment management and things like that it's very open yeah no not vertical at all no can i ask which which of the um yeah. the dlc expansions or whatever the, the first or the second which one did you enjoy more or are you enjoying more? i'm actually enjoying fate of atlantis more yes because I, I i like greek mythology a lot um, so this is mm-hmm. fun for me. I I'm I think my one big suggestion would be they should have combined episodes one and two. So you're switching between the worlds because episode one is uh, Persephone and her her kind of paradise. Yes. And then episode two is Hades and you're in the underworld. And as you might know, in Greek mythology, they're Persephone and Hades are intertwined quite a bit, actually. But they bring in a, a lot in episode two. They bring in Poseidon, who is Hades' brother, along and the you know the god of the sea, along with um, Zeus. And I feel like they should have done the three tiers of the brothers. So you're playing one one in the underworld, switching off to to the ideal world that that Persephone has built, and just kind of you know swap back and forth like like she would have done. And then one episode underwater with Poseidon, and then one 
up on, I guess, Mount Olympus or whatever with, with Zeus. And then I was like, well, that's just God of War, mm. isn't it? <laughs> what did you find? Like, I, I mean, they're very striking, aren't they, between uh, Elysium and, and the underworld? The settings are very striking in the, the design. How did you find that? There, yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I had to laugh in Hades because I was like, oh, it's like every first-person shooter game. It's all dreary and yeah, beige. <laughs> Listen, as it struck me as the closest I'll ever get to playing a FromSoft game, actually, <laughs> that, that underworld because it is. It's very dark and and dingy and, and depressive, isn't it? And restrictive, I'd say. It really yeah. is. Yeah, Which I find. See, I find uh, I quite enjoyed the the Elysium. Um, I, I like the setting, not so much the story. I, I like the underworld story much better. I think it's very clever the way they're, they're reintroducing the characters and things. But I, I'm not as big a fan of the setting. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to. Did you say you've started the third one yet, or, or you're you're close to starting? No, I haven't started it yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm at much the same position. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that will that will play out. Yeah, good, good. And uh, anything else you want to throw out there? I did play uh, Bear With Me. I think we talked about this last week. Mm. Well, you, you, you're you're the first achiever for Bear With Me, aren't you? Yes, I am. Congratulations. Thank you. You're the only achiever. <laughs> oh, no, or they might I will say, I, I, no, there have been others. It's just, I, I think it hasn't updated yet. I'm the only 100 percenter mm. so far. I will say this is this is the most messed up trophy list I've ever, ever seen. And I'm including my favorite bugbear, Hitman 2. No, it's a very messed up trophy list because uh, when it came out on PC, Bear With Me was a three-episode game. And then there was a DLC prequel episode called The Lost Robots. What they've done for the Platinum is they've taken robots and made that the base list of the game. And then they've taken the three episodes for the the main bear with me game and they've removed 85% of the achievements and then tacked that on as a DLC list. It makes no sense. It means that you'll get the platinum for the base game in about an hour, but then you'll take about three hours to get the DLC trophies. Sounds like a good game for me. It's really messed up. I actually really like the game. It is an argument for playing a game because Slammy, you said you did this with uh, Daggerhood. Yes. This is another argument for continuing to play a game after you've gotten all of the trophies, because once you get all of the trophies for the DLC, there's still about a half an hour of the game left and it gets dark. It gets dark and twisty. It's fairly David Lynch inspired. I, I liked it. I dug it. I liked this game a lot. Yeah, so you recommend? Yeah, I do recommend. There are two purchasing options in the store. There's the the base game that's like six bucks, and then there's the base game and the DLC at fifteen. That's the one you want to buy. Mm-hmm. Is the fifteen dollar one because mm-hmm. I have not seen an option to buy just the DLC. So you don't want to you don't want to double dip. No, if you buy just the base game, is that the plat then? That's or? the platinum. Yeah. The black, yeah, okay. But if you want it hundred percent, you need to buy yeah both at right. once, yeah, in the package, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, it is unusual. But look, look, you know, Teddy Bear, why would you not want to play that game? Maybe we just have to bear with them with that trophy. Oh, don't even. Um, I will say, if you do pick this up and you do like it, uh, there is another game that's in this kind of vein, this kind of comedy noir style called uh, Detective Gallo, and uh, instead of a 
teddy bear, uh, Gallo, is a rooster hmm. in a trench coat, and his sidekick is a cactus. <laughs> and it's kind of great. It's the same kind of kind of atmosphere for both of them, where it's it's very much a noir story going on. The atmosphere is very noir, but the main character is the only one who acts like they're in a noir film. Like everyone else is just a little too chipper, a little too happy, a little too satisfied with life. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, well, that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit because I know we've been up against it the last couple of weeks with recording and stuff. So you, you, you've been busy and and busy guide writing as well. That's ex- that's excellent to to hear. So look, listeners, we've talked about Assassin's Creed. So you know, I'm I'm still chipping away there. We don't. You don't need to discuss it anymore other than, you know, it's a, it's a game worthy of your time, I feel. So, you know what else? I'll throw out maybe uh, this game called Solo uh, that came out last week on the store. So, look, it's a walking simulator with light puzzle uh, puzzle elements. It's very, very straightforward. But the real hook of this, I mean, it's it's a beautiful sort of vibrant, cartoony art style with, with extremes in colours. So, you know, sort of very vivid greens and reds and oranges and blues. But the hook of this game, is that I suppose it's a it's a it's a relationship sim or a relationship I don't know adventure I suppose so it asks you at the start of the game to 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 approach it with a degree of honesty if if you so wish and it asks you a series of questions basically about your you know your current relationship statuses or you know status from the past and then it sort of it, it sort of affects the AI character accordingly so you know if you're if you're with someone at the moment that the character will be will be whole if it's if someone you're not with or if they've passed they'll, they'll be like a ghost shadow or if there was no one then I'm not sure what would happen because obviously it changes for each each one so you'll only see the the one that you choose but it, it's sort of you, you go around and it, it's sort of you know there are three uh, archipelagos if you like or, or land masses that you sort of you you're, you're doing and you're sort of it's it's the aim is to retract a, a beam of light to a sort of a lighthouse if you like and then it will you know it'll provide another you know a, a point of analysis if you like so, sort of like seeing a psychologist I suppose about you know you know did you did you treat the person right did they treat you right did you did you use time correctly with them all these different things you know so I'm not I'm not sure if it's going to lead towards a final judgment on how you're choosing to live your life well we will have to see but look it's a really it is a really beautiful game and I guess I think it is quite short. I think it can be done in a couple of hours, maybe two hours if you're racing through. But it's a game that uh, I would recommend, you know. I I don't know that it's for everybody. There's definitely a little bit of pushback there. I'm not sure that there would be much point in playing it if if you didn't want to engage with it because the mechanics, as I said, are quite simple. But but for that alone, I think it's it's worthwhile. It's uh, from the publisher Merge Games, and I believe it's about $15 NA on the store, so one of the, the, the cheaper price games. And then maybe I'll throw out as well the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. So obviously I managed to plaque the Smooth Summer Games, the Finger Olympics of PS4 games uh, with the help of a turbo controller. This one, though, the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, only available on the Japanese and Hong Kong store at the moment. Hong Kong store is the one that you want if you wish to play it in English. And look, it is it is much better than the Smoots one. It's a really fine a fine uh, effort, actually. So obviously licensed through Tokyo and the IOC. At the moment, it comes with, I believe, 10 events, but they're going to be adding events all the way through into next year, so you can see the dates there. It has a great uh, online mechanic where uh, at every half an hour stretch, a series of events start, and you can sort of 
register in them. So you don't sort of have to wait for open lobbies. I mean, you can if you wish, but this is like an alternative. The trophy list is fairly straightforward. I think it's about a six to eight hour plat, a little bit more difficult perhaps than the smoots, but, you know, nothing nothing unmanageable. And really, really, as I said, really well done. I mean, the customization in the game is amazing. You can change everything from your look, your voice, uh, in the pitch of your voice even, and your teammates. It has a, a skill tree of sort where you can change your attributes as well and some unlocks as well. So, look, you know, if you like those sort of things or if you're getting hyped up, you know, a year away from the Olympics, then, you know, that could be one to, to check out. But look, there's there's a little bit of, of something there across uh, across all three of us, I think, something for everybody, I hope. CJ, yeah. we've been we've been remiss. We have we, we have been. We've been remiss. We have been. How so? Slammer. <laughs> yes. How do you feel about Mega Man? I have zero feelings about <laughs> Mega Man. How do you feel about Metroidvanias? I enjoy them. All right, and that is that. Those topics covered for another week. Yeah, I knew those were coming. I just didn't know when. I thought we were going to miss them today. To be honest, actually, yeah, I'm indifferent. I like it. <laughs> no opinion. Yeah, I've, I think I've like I've like played a little bit of Mega Man. I haven't really ever played a full game of Mega Man, so I haven't really had any experience to generate any sort of feelings toward. And uh, I definitely do enjoy Metroidvania's. Um, the one uh, most recently that I've played that I've enjoyed has been Guacamelee. Mm. Oh, oh yes. yeah. I still need to yes. play that one, actually. It's great. It's a good one. I've got it loaded up on my Vita, and I just haven't done it. You should. It's good. I want to. Do it. There's actually two, isn't there? A, a Guacamelee one. And yeah, there's a second one. I haven't gotten around to playing the second one, but yeah, there's a second one. I play the demo of it. It, it, it looks like it's going to be more of the first one, just... Bigger and better. They're not easy games, though, are they? They're, they're, they're pretty challenging. No. Yeah. Yeah, they are very challenging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, look, you know, look, there's 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 a ton of stuff there, but you know, just in case, yeah, you got you got the Assassin's Creed Odyssey Platinum. You didn't say anything about that. Well, we talked about uh, Assassins. Uh, we talked about, yeah. but did you mention that you got the platinum? You actually finished it. <laughs> well, I still Woo-hoo. I haven't finished the DLC yet, but I finished the base game. But I'm so proud of you. You platinum. Well, no, thank you. And look, listeners, it was touch and go there. I had to get the 41 or 42 underwater, whatever number it was there, the underwater locations, and uh, I wasn't going to do it because that sort of thing just annoys the living shit out of me, and so I didn't think I would bother because. Uh, you know, it is tracked on the map, so, you know, full credit, but finding, following a guide and whatever else. But I will say that the the, uh, the wonderful PowerPix does a fantastic, like, picture guide. I don't know if you used it, Mindy, or, or you just did it naturally, perhaps. But he actually has the, the, the locations itemized in groups of five uh, with photos and stuff. It's really easy to, to follow. So I decided I would, um, yeah, I would finish that game. So, yeah. I think that was for Plat 700 and <clears throat> something. So, you know, that's crazy. But look, yeah. It's crazy to me that for someone who plays five minutes of everything, you have that many Platinums. Yes. Well, there are a you're lot still, of five-minute games. You're still third in Australia, <laughs> and you have 755 <laughs> Platinums. Yes. I don't get you. Well, there's a lot of five-minute games. I mean, as we're seeing that, and there is nothing wrong with that, listeners. As I mentioned last week, the fantastic Hoggy 2, which I noticed... 
Or no, I noticed you did play that in India, didn't you? So you didn't mention it, but you know, a remarkable game. Um, coming I did play hockey too, yeah. 20 yes. minutes or something. So, you know, I'm, I'm just a victim of my circumstances, I suppose. You know, a, a child of the ratter period, I suppose. You know, what, what else can I What else can I do? But look, listeners, you know, if you if you were looking for something new this week, if none of that interested you, and look, I can understand the desire to buy something new to, to see what it's like, why don't we take a look at the, the new releases then? For this week, and uh, and who wants to kick us off? Which is my segue into I can't see the list where I wrote what people are choosing. Uh, Slammer. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> Why don't you kick us off? <laughs> sure. So it looks like the game Word Sweeper by Paugi will be dropping next week. It's a digital cross buy between PS4 and Vita. Uh, the description says it's a crossword puzzle solved using logic and deduction. This new word game draws inspiration from the classic puzzle game Minesweeper and is exclusive to Paugi. So it looks like crosswords, but where the black is, there are letters. And in a Minesweeper type fashion, you have to decide what letters should go where based on what available letters are there. It sounds confusing, but if you look at it, it kind of makes sense. Where if you're in a corner and there's a W and on the other side, there's also a W, it'll be that one block will be a W. So it, it's a little bit of logic, it looks like. Uh, I, I'll probably pick it up. I enjoy a little logic games like this. Mm-hmm. This is a cross-buy too, isn't it? It is. I, you know what I like about these games? I don't know, Slammer, if you play them, if you prefer to do them on PS4 or Vita or, or if you do both, I don't, I don't know. But I really like these games with the touchscreen. It seems, I don't know. Do, do, do you play these games on Vita? Yeah, I you... pretty much only play them on Vita. I mean, I know they are cross-buy, but I try to not double it because I do actually not look at a guide and I try to do it all on my own. So doing it twice just seems like a chore. But yeah, mm. I do like the touchscreen aspect of it, especially for uh, like the Picross games. It definitely helps having that touchscreen enabled, whereas you're not scrolling across with your controller 17 squares to find mm. one to click a button to scroll back. Yeah, it's definitely helpful to have the touchscreen. Yeah, look, so there you go. You know, And look, I imagine there'll be many. Well, they usually come out in the EU and the NA, don't they, that one? They're slowly foraying into the Asian market as well. Now. So there'll be yes. plenty of choice for your listeners. Mindy, Mindy, what, what can you find for us? Yes, sir. Well, you know that I loves me some FMV games. Got a special little place in my heart for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week we're getting the 25th anniversary edition of Corpse Killer. Yes. <laughs> so Corpse Killer was it originally came out for the uh, the Sega CD, 3DO, like that kind of era of disc disc based games. And it's a it's a shooter. You're a, a, a army. I think you're a marine, and you're on this island. And there's this uh, evil doctor who has an army of zombies, and you actually um, you have like these special bullets that when you shoot a zombie, it brings them back to life. <laughs> like you're not killing the zombies, you're you're shooting them back into being human, which is interesting. It's very, it's very B movie. Like even for an FMV game, the videos are are pretty, pretty laughable. Like I said, special place in my heart for for these schlock FMV games. Is this like bad? Like the I want to say claptrap, but I know that's not what it was called. Night trap, wasn't it? Night trap. Night trap. Is this like this like purposely bad sort of thing? Or... Well, I don't know if I don't think night trap was well, purposely bad. I just purposely. think it, you know these are all under budget. And generally what happened with FMVs is 
you kind of did one take and if you got it, you got it. And if you didn't, you didn't, Yeah. (laughs) you know, some, some would have more of a, more of a budget and they blow it on the actors. Like, uh, you know, night trap had Mm -hmm. Dana Plato who was on the decline when night trap was being Mm -hmm. filmed, but she was a name that people would have recognized at the time. I don't think there was anyone in, in, um, I keep wanting to say corpse party, uh, corpse killer. I don't think there were any kind of name, name people in that i could be i could be dead wrong though the only problem with this game is i I was looking at the list the percentages are very low but then maybe that's because no one's playing it but that night trap one was not an easy plat was it at all that was it was quite involved it is night trap was kind of a grindy plat because you have to kill i want to say i want to say it's it's a number of zombies uh not zombies uh what are they called augers vampires basically for the year the game came out, which is the early 90s, like 1992, something like that. But if you play Night Trap flawlessly, you're only killing, I want to say, 40 or 50. Like, you're not killing a, a ton. So it's just it's just a grind. And there's a, I think there's a trophy for playing it flawlessly. And then I think there's a trophy for playing it almost flawlessly. Um, so it's more... Mm-hmm. just learning what you need to do and then you have to do it several times. So I wouldn't say hard, but I would say, yeah, involved and, and kind of grindy. And listeners, I believe there is an NA and an EU stack. So you know, you can make your, your choice on that one. Just looking through the list, it's a bit of a light week everywhere else. I think maybe one of the bigger releases this week will be the Age of Wonders Planetfall, a turn-based strategy game. Uh, if that interests you, that's pretty pretty specific uh, style of game though. And oh, look, an Angry Birds uh, movie two VR under pressure, but, you know the the rest we could we could potentially take or leave. Oh, your Sagebrush as well will be coming out this week, won't it? So yeah. there's a new Wonder Boy game coming out. Uh, I didn't see this. Yes, Wonder Boy Returns remix. Remix. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's plenty there. So look, look. Why don't we just quickly? Because I want to get into the topic today. I'm fascinated to learn about the meta game behind the meta game behind the meta game of trophies. And so, before we do though, look, does it come as anyone's to anyone's surprise that Rockstar is potentially, uh, you know, may, maybe in a little bit of bother regarding taxation? Does that does that shock anyone? I think the time I think the timing couldn't be worse because they just dropped an actual casino into Grand Theft Auto Five. It's ironic, yes. <laughs> so, listeners, what we're referencing, and I'll get both your opinions on this as well um, as we go, uh, Slammer and Mindy. But what we're referencing here is an article that's come out uh, based out uh, from the UK Tax Watch uh, that have just been going back through the, the the corporation tax records for Rockstar Games in the UK from 2009 to 2018. And basically, it, it's not, they're not alleging they haven't been paying tax. It's that the, the profits, uh, the majority of the profits, have been going to the US, uh, where they they have been paying tax on, but they've in effect been running the UK. Um, at a very small profit or potentially a loss. As a result, that has qualified them for sort of handouts from the the video game fund, if you like, to help companies to to maintain profit and and maintain work in the UK, I suppose. So I suppose what is of interest here is that Rockstar, you know, may have made up to $5 billion off Grand Theft Auto V, but they have claimed uh, in excess of £42 million (laughs) from that fund, which, you know, it's it's wonderful, isn't it? So, So what do you think? Uh, Mindy, I cut you off. Sorry, and Slammer. Do you have any views? I say the old saying is, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. 
<laughs> so I think, you know, business companies nowadays, they always try to find their way around the law. So if they can divert all their profits to one region and then try and bank on something that's occurring in another region, they're going to do it. So I think it's just, you know, how the world works these days. It's unfortunate, but you get caught and you have to pay for the price. Yeah. That's that's exactly, and I mean, I think I think the problem. I mean, they're not they're not you know alleging here that they're they're doing anything illegal. As you say, it's totally legal. I think this is the issue. I mean, we have this issue here in Australia. I mean, we have dreadful you know taxation laws here for Google and Apple and companies like this, much worse than the US. In, in that, in effect, that they pay no tax in in our country, and it just seems to be the UK is suffering the same same situation here. So it's really a question for the government to regulate, to fix fix it on their end. I think not for the company. But you you were mentioning Mindy that the casino dropped. For GTA. Yeah, so they put an actual casino into um, Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm. So of course they they rake in money for Grand Theft Auto Online, right? Mm-hmm. That's their big cash cow. And uh, recently, in the last I think month, Rockstar has put a a casino in there. It's called I think it's called the Diamond, the Diamond Something Casino, mm-hmm. and uh, you can spend real money in this casino you know you got to buy the premium currency or whatever but you can spend real money in this casino and for people who who have views of of microtransactions and loot boxes as gambling like this is it's a very literal representation isn't it yes very much my my understanding is there is some sort of cap on the casino, it won't let you bet more than X amount of this premium currency in any given 24 or 48 hour period. So that's something, but I don't know, man. <laughs> You've really got to wonder. It's got to forward that that idea that, that these microtransactions, you know, or these loot boxes, if you like, they're furthering the gambling idea by actually gambling in a casino. Like surely it's harder now to... I mean, imagine what EA must think with the, with their surprise mechanics. They've, they've really missed out here <laughs> with this appeal, but I don't know. Like what? Oh, that was such a that was such a gross thing to watch when she called them surprise yeah. mechanics. Yeah. Oh, that was so gross. <laughs> it was interesting, wasn't it? But yeah, but the interesting thing about this uh, this casino thing is that in certain countries, it's already been banned uh, in the game, and so as a result, what they've done is they used to the shark cards. I believe you could buy them. Like, microtransaction cards for other things in the game too they've actually stopped selling these uh, cards now in some countries so i imagine uh, rockstar here will have to um we'll have to look into this further but are you surprised that they they wouldn't have considered something like this that it might cause controversy or do you think they just don't care yeah i think probably they just don't care i mean you have to know that something like this especially in this current environment of people loudly decrying against loot boxes after uh star wars battlefront and that fiasco i think they're just like well we can get away with it in the you know the u.s which is a a massive market for us and if if we can also get away with it in these other countries well that's just a bonus maybe that's just me being ultra ultra cynical i don't know what do you think slamma 
I think it's more of a, they thrive on the controversy. So, you know, they've always had controversy in their game. So adding an actual casino to an in-game where, you know, that's the main topic that's been discussed in recent history. I think they're just really banking on people talking about it more. And that actually is, you know, word of mouth for advertising more or less. So, and also at the same point, if anyone is going to do something as controversial as this, it's going to be Rockstar. They're going to put it in the limelight because, okay, you guys want to do something about it here try it try and do something to stop us so i think i think it's you know maybe a little ego on their side where they think they can get away with it but at the same time they probably can't yeah yeah well yeah you're very true we'll, we'll be interesting to see what happens there but i mean i suppose if, if enough countries were to ban those shark shark cards because of it uh, maybe they they would uh would change their tune just to to keep the profits coming in but you know we'll have to see I think, and then look, if there's nothing else on that one, I'm just going to throw this little one, little one out for myself because so I was doing a little bit of reading about that. I don't know if the JRP, well, I mean, do you know JRPGs? I don't know. Japanese <laughs> visual dating anime sims, uh, very loosely. I'm not sure if these either of these interest you. So the Amiga Labyrinth Life. Yeah, the, I mean, the most interesting thing about this game is that that we're seeing that the Switch is, is again getting uncensored versions. Mindy, I know I know you're not a Switch player, but does this does this considering Nintendo's history and everything? Does it surprise you that the more racier titles are now coming out on Nintendo but are being censored on PlayStation? I don't I don't know what Sony's deal is. They have taken a very kind of hard line recently. Like in the last year or so, they're getting a little sensor heavy, which is surprising. I'm not as surprised with Nintendo. I think they're they're finally trying to actively break out of perception that they're they are a kid's console. Mm. You know, the the PlayStation, the Xbox, those are for the big boys. But, you know, Nintendo, those are for the little kids. And I think I think they're trying to to have the best of both worlds here yeah and say hey look you know people in their in their 20s and 30s like we are a a, a very viable option for gaming and they kind of tried it with the wii u they did port some some like there's a call of duty on the wii u um but you know no one bought the wii u because it was a terrible name and everyone thought it was just an updated wii and they said well why why would i buy this i already have a wii <sighs> I don't know. I see. Like, I mean, listen, is what I'm driving at here in this game. And it's a very niche game anyway. So, look, if you if you didn't know about it, it probably wouldn't interest you anyway. But is this Amiga Labyrinth Life? Which, look, it's it. I picked it up the other day. It's a nice game in a way. It, it's a turn-based. It's a beautiful-looking game. You know, oh, Omega. Omega, sorry. Did I say Amiga? Sorry. I, uh, I was hearing Amiga, like the system. And I was uh, like, I don't know what you're talking Australian about. I should apologize. Uh uh, so it's got, um, you know, it, it's got a relationship builder or everything else. But the, the censorship in these games, and I think, I mean, this is a, a discussion for another day. But I, I mean, maybe, maybe being slightly older and it's not appealing to me hugely. You know, I, I see the other side of it. But I mean, all they've really, I mean, the, the game, the game, this will discuss you, Mindy. Uh, as you, as you do the dungeons, you grow in strength, and of course, as you grow in strength, your your breasts grow larger more powerful if you like you know and so that by the end of the uh, dungeon depending on your performance you can be very you know very top heavy uh, <clears throat> you know challenging to stand up but you know lethal lethal to your enemies of course so so the big difference between the switch and the ps4 one is that the uh you know the clothing is present in the, the ps4 one and there's a i believe a, a boobs rock 
paper-scissors game, which involves the fondling of the of the breasts, which has been removed from the PS4. So, you know, obviously, I mean, these are these are things that, you know, most people would probably agree that they, they could do with censorship on. But I, I just wanted to put that out there for the listeners. You know, you we talk about little bits of censorship in Devil May Cry or whatever else, but this, you know, this is this is maybe a little bit of censorship that can be a bit more understood. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think either any of us can die on a cross for this game. But, you know, look, that aside, it is actually, it is quite a fun game, the, the first uh, couple of hours I've played of it so far. You know, and if you, if you need the, the physical representation, then, then by all means play it on the Switch. Uh, but if you don't, the, the PS4 version is it's fine. It's fine. So, look, I'm not going to let either of you say anything on that because I don't think there's anything that can be said. So we're just going to, why don't we just move to the topic? Because that's that's what interests me uh, most now. And I believe, I mean, you're, you're both, as, as we referenced at the start, you're on, both on PlayStation Trophies. Uh, org where slammer is an event director so slammer what is an event director like what do you do what do i do well i am on a group of uh members who more or less think of different ways to get uh the members to earn trophies uh whether it be uh singling out individual trophies that you want to go after or you know earn a bunch of trophies that do this or get animals but going back on the history of it all when playstation trophies first started it was you know just a guide location more or less and as time went on the community grew and this thing called tsl trophy scoring league started and what that was was uh you would earn as many trophies as you could and the trophies were weighted and um, it was a big to do. There were, I believe, three seasons of that. And there was a lot of controversy going on because, you know, trophy hunting was in its infancy at the time. And not many people knew much about uh, all the different ways you could go about, you know, all this game sharing and account sharing and all these uh, things that are looked down upon. So as that moved on, um, that morphed into uh, a more refined thing. And we actually had our ninth edition of it, I think last year two years ago two years ago and with the current landscape that that's not really much of a viable option anymore because of all the easy peasies that are coming out every week and all the vns you can get that you can finish in three seconds and it just turns into this whole who has more money so as time went on the events director team tried to come up with more ideas on how to get the hunting back into trophy hunting. So one of the big things that uh, PlayStationTrophies.org does is we have our own custom trophy lists. So instead of, you know, buying this game and you want to earn all the trophies to earn a platinum, we have a list of, say, 50 trophies that are from a variety of games. What this does is it helps you, if not go after those specific trophies that may be in your backlog. It'll also help you expand your your game. So you'll go look at this game you may have never thought of before, you know, simply because you're trying to earn this one trophy that you can get to earn this one site award. So what that does is beyond uh, trying to get you know, just something to go after in the side. Cause you know, there's a lot of people out there who you buy a game, you find a game, you buy a game, you play it, you're done. That can get monotonous to some people. I know in this current landscape, you get a new easy peasy every week. I'm playing this for 10 minutes. I'm playing this for 10 minutes. I got to stack it seven times. So what we're trying to do is, you know, get away, not really get away, but also embrace it at the same time. It's, it's just a lot that goes on into it. You got to think about, so if there is an easy peasy game, 
how easy peasy is it? How will this tie into what other people are playing? So the current event happening right now, it's been ongoing since I believe April. It's called the Complete-a-thon. Uh, the idea is that every week you need to complete at least one game, whether that's a 100% list or a platinum, but it has to be unique. No one else can have played it. Um, and so we're up to, I think, 600 unique games played so far. And it's it started out where, you know, you would, you know, all the easy pieces got knocked out real quick. And, you know, as time went on, a lot of the more difficult games uh, started to get targeted. So you try to think, um, in the long run, what kind of game can I play in the background that would go towards this event as opposed oh, to I what see. can I play now to get this now? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of strategic in that way too, because you need to also think, well, who else is playing, uh, in this event that might also enjoy a game like this. So you got to go look at their profile, make sure they're not playing it. So they don't submit it before you and then steal your completion. So it's, it's a lot of strategery going on there. And that's one of the more competitive things we're doing right now. I mean, there's a, a wide gamut of events that we have done, whether it be, like I mentioned, the trophy hunting, where you're just going out earning as many as you can, whether it's getting a custom list where you try to find a game with the trophy on it. Another thing we're doing right now uh, for our subscribers, there's an event where you want to link five trophies together by taking the last word in a trophy title and matching it with the first word in the next trophy title. <laughs> like so that. that's actually pretty devious because it's actually pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause I'm, yeah, I'm having, I'm having troubles with it. I, I can get three or four, but I, I, I can't find a fifth one and it's really bugging me. Yeah. It takes a lot of, uh, a lot of work on the back end because you got to plan it all out because the way we have it, the rules written is you have to earn these trophies back to back to back to back. Oh. So if you find, you have to even find these trophies. Okay, I found five trophies that would work together. Now you have to set them up so you can earn them in the right order. So it's it's definitely a tough one that we've got created. And I myself am having trouble trying to get it together. I was just going to ask, so, so obviously there's strategy involved here. Do people sort of, I suppose they don't share the trophies they found because they're not going to make it easier for other people. It. it it, yeah, it depends on the event. Sometimes it will be individual event where you're doing this for yourself and other people will say, I've used this. This is pretty easy. Sometimes for an event like this, this is pretty tough. And, you know, it really depends on what game you have. I, I don't think anyone has found a, oh, here's this new game where you can play and you can earn it in this order and you've got it. Um, but it depends on the event. Sometimes people will reach out and say, hey, this trophy is very applicable. This new game just came out. It has six applicable trophies. So, you know, it depends on, one, the difficulty of the event, and two, yeah. uh, how, how yeah. competitive it yeah, is. I like that. So, so I mean, it's, it's almost like an individual challenge by the sound of it as well, isn't it? More than, more than you're against someone else. You're, you're, you're challenging yourself to complete it. Yes. Uh, yeah, we do. We have a... We try to spruce it up every now and again. Uh, we have a lot of individual events where you're just doing this one event for yourself and submitting it. We have a lot where you work with a partner. One that comes to mind was one of the first, actually, events where it worked like that, where you were in a pair, was 
we wanted you to pop a plat within like a minute of each other. <laughs> so you'd have to coordinate with another person. Hey, you got your platinum ready? Yeah. And then, okay, let's do it. And then you'd pop it. And then you'd say, okay, yeah, look at our timestamps. They're like three seconds apart. And people were trying to get you know, the exact same time. And it came down to a race of who could get it to be the exact same timestamp. And it was a lot of fun that way. Um, we have a lot of events where it's group related, where you get you know four or five different people to do something. We have big old teams. One we did... I think it was last year called trophy tribute where we took the different mythologies. We had Greek mythology, Aztec, uh, Norse and Egyptian. And we took the gods that are associated with them and we assigned them different tasks. So uh, for example, the lead God for each uh, mythology was, you know, earn a platinum because you know, they're the, they're the big guy. You gotta, you gotta appease the God by earning a platinum. And then of course you had uh, all your different gods below it. Like you had your trickster God. So you'd want to, <laughs> so one of the things that we commonly use in events is spelling, which, you know, users either love it or they hate it. Well, not everyone hates it. I don't hate it. So not everyone hates it, but yeah, a lot of people don't like it because just finding letters to spell something is really annoying. So everyone, everyone we always get this, no more spelling events, please. No more spelling events. So we were like, okay, let's do a not spelling event. So we forced you to not spell a word, <laughs> which is actually probably a little more difficult because there were a lot of two letter words. It, it was, it was very difficult. And cause I think you had some rule that was like, you can't, you can't use the same consonant twice, like next to each other or something like that. You had to. You had to have three distinct letters before you started repeating consonants or something like that. Something like that. And I know we, a lot of people were questioning the two letter words. So we had to actually generate a list of two letter words that existed because people, you know, you start earning like, that's a word. Really? A-O is a word. Like, yeah, that's a word. So we had to have a list of what is a word, what isn't a word. And a lot of people either played and just hope they found something or they actually tried to piece together a non-word, which was actually kind of funny. It, it, must, it must take a lot of work on your end and the, the team's end to come up with these new ideas then and, and different you know, different events, I suppose, or different structures like this. Yeah, we have our own Discord server where we have uh, dozens of rooms where if we have an idea, we'll you know throw it in a general chat and say, you think this would be a good idea for an event? And you know we think about it a little bit, go back and forth every now and again. And if it you know sounds like a good idea, we'll put it in a list. Um, as something to think about and then either the person who suggested it they, they'll start to put together the event and start saying okay here would be the rules and then you give them to the other events directors and say hey how do these rules look and then we'd go back and forth and talk about hey what about this situation what if i earn that you know and it, yeah it's a lot of coordination on the back end that a lot of people don't see it typically takes at least a month straight of trying to you know go through what an event would entail and we would actually have to do some research as to if we're trying to do a specific task like you need to earn more recently we did a we had our site 11th birthday so we had an event where you needed to bring one of the tasks was to bring a uh, birthday related item whether it be like a fork for the food or a cake or balloons or a picture or a hat we actually have to go through all the trophies and make sure that there are trophies that have that. Uh, so if we want to do a find a certain amount of animals, like, well, there's a lot, what's an animal, figure out what an animal is, see if there's actually trophies that have that animal. 
okay, we need forks. Are there any trophies with forks? Yeah, there's one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a lot of additional work that goes beyond the planning um, into research. And we have one guy on our team who's really good at thinking of loopholes. He's like, okay, so if I did that, wouldn't that really be allowed? Like, oh, you suck. Why do you do this? And then we have to rewrite everything. And <laughs> it's a system breaker. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's good to have on the team. Yes. Yeah. What I, what I found interesting at the you know, a few years ago, I mean, you know, trophy competitions were massive across all the sites. Sort of, particularly three years ago, they've they've slowly died off, and and primarily, as you as you said at the start, there, the, the reason was that it was just you know a bunch of people throwing money at each other uh, through VNs and, and and just basically how many games you could buy, uh, you know, to keep it going. So 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 with that in mind, like you're you're moving to these events now, which sound like they they would be much more inclusive for people without a huge backlog. It, it, that's obviously a consideration then for you that, that people can't just go out and buy games for an event. Yeah. We try to, we keep that in mind because we know that there's a lot of, you know, Japanese games out there that a lot of people don't have access to. So that was actually a consideration we had for this uh, complete a thon event was the trophy needs to have an NA or EU stack. It can't be a, just a Japanese game oh, because okay. yeah. we wanted people who do not have access to those games to be able to have a chance to win in the end. Yeah. So having that ability to, you know, have Japanese VNs and all that, it definitely has become an issue where we're definitely Keeping that in mind, we have to plan because during this last THL, the top winning team had a ridiculous amount of trophies because they had access to tons of Japanese VNs. And it was just astounding, the number of trophy theaters. I think it was a group of four and they earned 10,000 trophies by themselves. It, I don't remember the exact number, but it was a just a ridiculous number. Like, okay, well, we can't do this anymore because clearly you guys have shown that this is not a viable option because of just how how the availability of trophies is just overwhelming. Yes, well, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, with ten thousand, that is that is uh, you know achievable through VNs. That, that, as you say, that is the problem. So in the the speed that those games uh, go, and that you can play multiple ones at, at the same time, unfortunately. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> we probably feel similarly about that. I imagine. So, do these events run throughout the year, or do you just do like like one a year, or how does this sort of go? It, it it's not really a set schedule. Uh, we do try to do events that revolve around certain holidays. We usually have a Valentine's Day one, a a Halloween event, a Christmas event, Thanksgiving, whether that's Canadian or you know, United States, Chris, uh, Thanksgiving. Um, we'll try to have a big event in the summer, uh, just because that's when a lot of people are out of school or just have more availability to do things, but there is no real set schedule. It's, we try to not do a bunch of events at once. We try to spread them out a little bit just so it's not, okay, you've done this event. Hey, here's another one. And then we don't want to do a burnout in that way where no. you're like, okay, great. Another event. You can, it gives you a little bit of time to go back to doing what you want to do. And then maybe realize, Hey, I could use another event to help me with my gaming. Yeah. So I have to ask, because one of the, the worst things about setting up events and running events is the person that has to go through and check if people have earned these trophies and I suppose cross-check what they're saying. So is, is it self-policing or do you have a team that also has to collate all this stuff, the results and stuff? It's funny you mention that. There's Well, we do 
uh, depending on the event, we will go through and manually check everything to make sure you followed all the rules and make sure the dates are correct. You're within the, the event time frame that you didn't you know, break any of the rules. So there is a lot of manual checking on that end. Um, but more recently, I've tried to put some automation into it. So for my job, I am a more or less programmer. So I've tried to take my knowledge of Java programming and add it to pretty much policing the submissions. So if someone submits something, we'll copy. I'll try to use the last THL as an example. So we had the list of all participants. I had their PSN profile in a file. The Java code I wrote would go to each of their profiles, check their numbers, pull them down to a spreadsheet, and generate a leaderboard for me. So there was zero involvement with anyone else. It was just just making sure that people weren't you know, bad-mouthing on the forum or anything. And it was a really smooth transition that way. I've tried to do that with a couple other ones. A few years back, we had a, a backlog event where we wanted people to find their games that have been in their backlog for multiple years. And we wanted you to reach a combined number of hours in which it took you to complete the game. So if you started a game in 2010 and you completed it in 2017, that would be a seven years added to the total. So that was the a big automation effort on my end because I'm going to that PSN profile page. I'm looking at the first trophy. I'm looking at the, the platinum and I'm doing the math on my end and adding it to a total and putting it out in a, a forum post. And sometimes PSNP doesn't play nice and it'll have a first trophy and a gap instead of mm-hmm. a platinum. Um, so, I mean, that, that's really going beyond it, but yeah, it's sometimes it is manual. I try to do automation whenever possible just to make things easier. Um, and it, it definitely does help because oh, it's a massive time sink. Going back in, <laughs> yeah, in going back in history a little bit more. One of the more infamous events on PST has been the House Championships. Aha! <laughs> I was in the winning house. Yes. <laughs> house <laughs> triangle. So it's controversial, and Mindy was involved in it. What a House's, surprise! <laughs> here's, here's how here's how controversial it was. Yeah, that, that was a. I have blocked uh, out the memories of House. I don't remember why it's so infamous the house championships all i remember is that it is infamous yeah a lot happened that was outside of trophy hunting it kind of turned into a a a gang war of sorts where you know house square was going against house triangle and house cross and house circle and everyone and we had these propaganda events where you had to uh, create more or less memes that would uh, be judged in the end and it kind of took into a, a v- more vicious tone where uh, I was on house square and we were in dead last. So people took every opportunity they could to put us down even further. Like, Oh, look at house square. They don't know how to use a controller, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> it, it was infamous <laughs> in that, in that aspect where it really brought the people on the team closer together <laughs> and the people on the other teams kind of, you know, uh, not really as much good relations happening at the time, but I think a lot of people do remember at least the great aspect of their team. I know even being on the losing team was a great blast. Uh, yeah. I met a lot of people that way, uh, just going, cause it was a three month long event and oh, wow. it was, there was so much going on. And the, another reason why it's so infamous was it did cause a lot of burnout on the staff. I think we had the 
the most people leave during this st- the staff at the same time immediately following it because they were just like i'm sorry i've done this for three months straight i can't do this anymore so that's that's another thing we consider is how it's going to affect us as a staff if this is something that's just going to drive us up a wall we probably won't do it because it's not really worth it to go crazy over so we try to keep it simple but also interesting without you know making it boring so well look you know i have have a question Okay, can I throw mine in? Just because it, it's only short, you know. It would be remit yeah, yeah. after you said that now. I just I just have to push you. What what, what is the worst one? What, the event that you, you, you went, went with all good expectations, but it just didn't work out. Has there been one that was just been a disaster? <laughs> a disaster? No. I don't think there's any been any disasters. Uh, a lot of people would claim the backlog event was a disaster simply because they didn't reach the goal. Um, we set a goal of 900 hours cumulative across everyone we hit like 870 something um so a lot of people have a a bad feeling in their mouth about that but the issue was that they thought that the goal was too much and they just couldn't reach it so a lot of people halfway through like i'm done we're not going to reach this i'm not going to help out anymore Uh, so if people had kept going they would have reached it but i I don't think there's been any like disastrous events where it's like oh my god i can't believe we did that um (laughs) although I would say some of the THLs have had some serious uh, drama around them. I wasn't really involved with the events back then as much, so I can't really speak to it. But I know there was at least two THLs where it's like, if you guys don't behave, we're not doing this anymore. Where It got really bad in that case. But as time's gone on, I think the community has gotten a lot more relaxed about it. So it's not as bad anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Sorry, Mindy. Oh, yeah. This is actually... Um kind of catenates to yours really really uh nicely what do you do if if an event is considered a failure or if the event goals like the backlog event just aren't reached do you just kind of do you kind of go and discuss what could have been done better you know if you did something like this in the future how would you how would you change it or do you just kind of let it go and say well it just didn't happen this time well we definitely do have discussion on the back end we talk about at least how it went for us as a team um you know, how it affected us, how we were able to keep up with submissions or it fell behind or if there was something that we did incorrectly. So there's that portion. We do try to have some feedback of some sort after an event. Uh, Usually, you know, the day after it ends, we'll put up either a new thread or just say in the current thread, hey, let us know what you thought, any feedback, anything we could have done better. So we'll take all that new advisement and We'll typically go back and look at those if we ever want to do something similar. Say, okay, what did they not like last time? And I try to keep a nice little document going. Whenever someone does have a, a, a problem with the event while it's going on, we do try to typically tell them, okay, we understand you're frustrated with this, but there's nothing we can do about it now. If you want to PM me privately, that's fine. But if you could save your negativity for afterwards, where we can actually do something about it. Um, we try to do that just so it doesn't overtake the thread. Cause you know, sometimes someone will say something bad and then people, yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's right. And then it'll just, you know, pile on that way. So yes, we do take feedback. We do speak with ourselves, our other team members about how we did. So there is a lot of planning and, you know, going back and looking at old events that occur. Okay. Now, trophy hunters love their digital bling. So what, what sort of, you mentioned like site badges, is there like a, a reward for completing these these competitions or? Yeah, you get a nice little uh, 16 by 16 inch pixelated picture. 
cool. <laughs> yeah, it's added to your profile. There's a little box that's underneath your avatar in your forum that you can uh, show all the events that you've completed. Uh, we try to make the awards interesting because a lot of a lot of the times we have a, we actually have a graphics team as well. So we'll go to them and say, hey, we have this idea for an event. We need an award for it afterwards. What, what can you guys come up with? So they'll usually give us a few options. And I'm like, eh, I wouldn't really want to earn that for completing this event. So yeah, it's really just a little pixel. Sometimes though, we do have other awards. Like I was mentioning, we have those custom lists. Sometimes we'll give out a voucher where you can just redeem it for any any one of the trophies in that list so if you say oh i'm never going to play this game i can just have this voucher and i can not have to play it and that's that trophy is earned more or less for the purposes of that beyond that sometimes we have well it used to be back in the day when we didn't have subscribership um, we would assign custom titles to people so we had some beat the staff events where a certain staff member would say, okay, anyone want to play me in this game? If you beat me, you get a custom title of your choice. If I beat you, you're going to get a custom title that I assign you. So that used to be one of the things that was kind of fun to get going. But there has, there's no like cash rewards or, yeah, we don't do any of that. It's It's all just more or less just for the fun of it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Now, I mean, uh, if our listeners wanted to get involved, um, I, I imagine they, they obviously join uh, PlayStation Trophies, but are there sort of requirements to, you know, to, to, to sort of get into the community, like posting and, and stuff like that? Or uh, how does that sort of work? So, so you could sign up to get involved in these uh, events. Yeah, most of them, more recently, we haven't been as strict about posting uh, requirements. Usually there's at least a one-month join date like you can't join the site one day and then immediately join the next you have to be involved with the site a little bit just so we're not wasting our time with someone who's going to join the site for two days and then disappear so we'll usually have a one month requirement and it's either 50 or 100 posts which is really not that hard to do you just go to all the old games that you used to play and post something in a, in a thread you can do that in what 50 minutes <laughs> um so it it's not that or you can subscribe. If you subscribe to the site, all those are waived. And if you want to join the site and start playing immediately, just subscribe and you can join. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. Um, Mindy, do you have any any follow ups? Yeah, I um, I I was kind of thinking, would you? So there was an event last Halloween, mm-hmm. and this was this was mostly you spearheading it, right? You mean the uh... the House of Jigsaw? <laughs> Yeah, actually, no, that was Velvet. I would say was it, Velvet was... Was it Velvet? Yeah, she did a lot of the legwork behind that one. Would you consider that... I, I guess you consider it a success in as much as there was a winner. So the whole idea was was people were getting eliminated in each room. But would you consider that... You, there, was, there was quite an outcry at the end of it, as I recall. And I think mostly it had to do with the fact that even if you met all the requirements of the room, you could still be disqualified. That's what happened to me was I, I met all the requirements, but then like you did a random dice roll. Mm-hmm. And if you hit, if you hit certain numbers, you were just out through no fault of your own. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, Sounds like Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people weren't <laughs> big fans of that. So the idea behind that whole thing was we wanted to do something that was, more devious than we would normally do where 
maybe pitting people against each other a little bit, maybe being a little unfair for once where, you know, in the spirit of this, we really took the saw movies as more or less the uh, inspiration behind it where, yeah, maybe you did the right thing, but you still had a reason. So for example, my room was one of the rooms you mentioned where you could die. Even if you did, we say die, but you could be eliminated even if you met the requirements. So that went back to, the deviousness in my head where I was in an event. One of my first big events I was in was called trophy survivor. And that was basically the game of survivor, you know, where they go on the Island and do all the tribal or council stuff and all that. So it was that idea where everyone was a participant and you had to do these certain tasks and you could get immunity and all that. And when it came down to, I was in the last three, I think, and I got eliminated because of a random event, nothing I had control over. I did everything right. I couldn't have done anything more right, but I still got eliminated. So I took that as, you know, the fire for my room where, okay, even if you, so it was your revenge. Yes. So even if you (laughs) did the right thing, I got eliminated. So one of you will get eliminated. Just for this payback. So yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people survived. You know, some people got eliminated. They didn't like it. Um, we had another room. I think it was similar to that where you could have got eliminated if you did something wrong. One of the <laughs> one of the more hated parts of that event was a rule that was thrown in, um, just more of as a joke that took a life of its own. So we added a rule that said you cannot say the word mayo at all, or you're eliminated. Because we have had events in the past um, where mayo has played a big role. Uh, One of the... Is is mayo a color? Yes. So when that (laughs) game first came out, there was an event that it basically ruined. Where you could just buy My Name is Mayo and you've won the event. So that kind of rolled itself into other events where yeah we had like a color event where you need to earn a color and people are like oh is mayo a color haha ha, i'm so funny <laughs> so we took all that pent of frustration like leave us out of the mayo discussion and we put a rule in say if you say the word mayo you are gone so some people did not see the rule they would say hey i just finished my name is mayo sorry dude you're gone and then some people would quote that person that sorry you quoted them it's in your post you're gone and it kind of turned into a, a game where people were trying to Uh, get other people eliminated by you know alluding to it and trying to catch them off guard or someone who actually already got eliminated would jump in and say the word mayo and hope they'd catch someone or someone would post a picture of like something that looked like a jar of mayonnaise and you know so i think one person actually did post a jar of mayonnaise but it didn't say they didn't think it said the word mayo but i zoomed in and i'm like nope i circled it right there mayo you're gone that's brutal (laughs) yeah so a lot of people didn't like that they're like oh this is such a dumb ruling sorry rules are rules you knew them and you know the rules so yeah we're all all terrible people (laughs) yeah that one was very infamous in that regard but we we had i think that was as an ed member that was the most fun we've had because you know you're sitting in the back and it's like how can we be evil now and it was usually we're trying to say how can we be fair and let everyone be able to complete and have fun but this time we're like okay how can we be evil and (laughs) so that, that was yeah it was definitely the most fun i've had on an event let me ask slam i know uh recently a lot of trophy hunters are complaining about burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, rattle like games and all these short games come out and there's like six stacks and they, for some reason feel like they have to do all of them mm-hmm. and that contributes to the burnout. 
do you think these help just in the kind of, I guess you, you kind of switch your mind. You see these events as a different way to earn trophies. Do you think that helps with the burnout or do you think it's it, the, the, uh, the help will be minimal at, at best? Well, I sure hope it helps. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the reason we do it is to, you know, give people, a new way to earn trophies instead of just saying, okay, this game came out and I'm going to earn the platinum in 10 minutes. So I'm going to buy it. So what we're trying to do while we do embrace that, okay, this is a thing we have to figure out how to make our events that either include it or find a way to make it not an issue, which is really difficult because, you know, a new game will come out every week. And if you're making an event that has a very specific goal, you don't know, Next week, an event uh, trophy list is going to come out that's going to ruin the event. That has happened once already, and it's it's always something that we're trying to keep an eye on for. But uh, to your question, I don't think that it's going to um, completely edge the burnout. I mean, I hope it does, because if you are a serious trophy hunter, you're going to get those games anyways more or less because you have to, which is unfortunate. So if you're trying to keep on the leaderboards, if you're trying to keep your platinum count up, you more or less have to buy them. So if you're going to buy them, we're going to hope that the event we have will in some shape or form be able to assist you with doing the event, whether that's either having a specific task that will say, okay, you can use this game. No problem. We don't mind. We know you're going to get it anyways. That's cool. Or if it's, hey, there's this whole list of new games coming out that'll give you something to look at. Say, okay, I need to get an animal trophy. Let me look at the new Easy Peasy, see if there's an animal trophy in there. So it'll give you something else to look at as opposed to how long is this game going to take? It gives you something else to look at. Hey, what kind of trophy titles does this thing have? Does it have this thing in here? And it, it gives you something else to look at instead of just, you know, difficulty and time all the time. So yeah, I hope it helps burnout for people. I know some people doesn't. But that's because uh, it's no fault of ours. We're, we're, you know, we're doing the best I can. But hmm. I forgot I was going with that point. But yeah, I, I, I really hope it does help. So I, I want to propose a, uh, an event idea that I really like. And I want you guys to do it because uh, <laughs> I think it would be fun. And uh, I think it should be a trophy choose your own adventure. You know? <laughs> where you have, you have the set of rules like if, if the next trophy you earn is bronze turn to page five if the next trophy is silver turn to page six that kind of thing we have actually discussed something like that it was being it kind of morphed away from it that was the original idea was to do a choose your own adventure type thing but it kind of morphed into something else but that is definitely something we've talked about in the past and i i think the problem with that is it requires a bit of uh, authorship on the back end, because you're not just going to say, hey, go earn this and you've done this. You want to have a reason for doing that. So if you say earn a bronze and you get this next level or earn a silver and you get this one, you want to give them a reason to do it. And I say, hey, get this one and you go over there. You want to give them some story behind it or you know something to go with, which is, I think, more the issue. I don't think there's a lot of authors on our team. So, you know, generating a, a meaty story behind the choose your own adventure i think would be the biggest difficulty we would have but it is definitely something we have discussed and it's definitely not out of the picture do you have any ideas for one cj for an event no look to be honest i didn't uh before before we spoke today simon i didn't actually realize how in depth 
this sort of was, you know, like I, I don't have a lot of interest in, in trophy events anymore. I did, did for a time, but they were predominantly because I, I was tired of just the pure volume things and stuff like that. But listening to you speak today, it's been quite, it's been quite eye-opening. I will definitely have to, I have to come on the site and have a look around, I think, because I, I really like things that are, you know, you're challenging yourself or, or you're, as you say, you're, you're, you're getting exposed to new games or new lists and things. So I think that that's fantastic. And, you know, I, like I would encourage our, you know, listeners, like you know if you are on that leaderboard chase like you're going to get there either way you know it's just it just happens from playing and stuff but things like this it, it sounds like a great way to to travel on that journey rather than just as you say just just slam through six stacks of the same game that you may or may not enjoy at least now you you know you have a, have a reason for playing stuff and, and finding stuff so I'm, I'm i'm impressed yeah i'm interested yeah and to to not be a a homer too much they i mean PlayStationTrophies.org isn't the only community that has events out there. Uh, there's also TrueTrophies.com. I think they have an active one that they're about to start. I, f I looked it up before this, but you know they have events that they do. While PSN Profiles doesn't have an official event team, they do have a subform in there where any user can post any idea, and it, it really helps give you something to go forward and do. A lot of them have backlog challenges where you go through and you, you find all your old backlogs. So I think it's really helpful in that regard where you can just find a group of people that will help you either do an event or just give you a reason to, to do something, as opposed to just going out there and just trying to earn trophies just for the sake of earning trophies. I think having a mission behind it all is really paramount to your enjoyment of it all. Yeah, I would, I would, that's very well said. I would, I would definitely agree with you. Yeah, that, that sounds good. You know what I was just thinking as we were talking as well is you probably have a lot of very funny stories of things you've seen in these events and things like this as it's gone on over the years. So we will definitely have to, to get you back at some point when you've recovered uh, from this experience and we can delve into that side of things as as well. But that, that's great. Yeah, I mean, Mindy, is there anything else you wanted to, to follow up there or...? Shall we shuffle across? I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think we need to get you back on, talk about, you know, get some blooper music playing and and talk uh, <laughs> talk crazy stories of, of events gone wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just glad that Mayo game is, is continuing to cause torture and pain. Yeah, it always rears its head one way or another. <laughs> it's never going away, is it? I still have a stack. That's the thing. I think the people who, who you know, made the Mayo jokes – They've run out of stacks. I still have a mayo stack that I could I could whip out yes. at any point. Yep. Well, you say that, but you know, tomorrow in the Japanese store, who knows what could happen. So. That's very true. <laughs> that is so true. Very yeah, true. We will we will have to wait and see. Well, look, thank you for that. Look, why don't we, listeners, now now that you're you're charged up, you're eager to go, and I, I strongly suggest that you are you, you do do seek out that and have a look. Or or as Slammer said, you know, the other sites as well uh, that, that run them, you know, have a look and it's a great way to meet people as well. And you know, you'll meet all, all sorts of different people. I think they're not—they're not all, you know, trophy whore, five-minute spam gamers like myself. You'll meet some high-quality people in there that play everything, so it's—it's it's worth a look. But look, you know, we—we—we we, we must do the spam of the week. I apologise, Slammer. I'm—I'm I'm sure this doesn't uh, excite you in any way, but it's—it's <laughs> it's a staple of our show. I don't know it's—it's helping—it's helping him us uh, give him a list of games that. That's true. Uh, have to forbid in the next event. <laughs> there you go. Well, look, yes. just anything on my profile would probably fit that descriptor. So, <laughs> so let's have a look. What, what can we find? Does anyone want to throw anything out? What do we? Uh, oh, look at that. That word sweep has got four four stacks already. Look at that. Yeah, I think that might be a spam game. 
mainly because I'm sure there will be solutions that will be easy to fill in. So after someone provides the solutions, it's definitely going to be an easy peasy spam game. But for those who people who want to just play it, it's not going to be a spam game, but it will be with all the no. stacks. Look, I'm going to throw out the super, I don't even know how to say it, super Willow uh, D-Make, uh, which was a, a, was that the rat game of last week? Uh, I believe. Yes. Yes, yeah, but look, you know, that there, there'll be an Asian stack of that still to come uh, as well, which is fantastic. And of course, you know, listeners, if, you, if you're a little behind on your Asian uh, shopping uh, experience, of course, the fantastic Hoggy 2 came out on the Asian store on Friday. So, you know, you, you're, you, there's another Hoggy waiting for you as well. You know, Mindy, another Hoggy. Uh, any, anything else we can... I have only done one, oh, so... You, you, you should do it again. It's, it was quite a job. What about this bear with me? This is high-quality spam, I suppose. I Yeah, I guess it would you'd, you'd put it under high-quality spam. Yeah. Good game worth playing, but it, it is a fairly quick completion. Can we see any, I'll throw out the solo that I talked about because I know that it can be done in a couple of hours. I don't think there's a, a PlayStation walkthrough yet, but there is, a, um, there is an Xbox uh, video guide. I'm sure there'll be one coming soon to playstation i got one here uh it's not announced there i mean it is announced but there is no trophy list yet but the next rat game has been posted on their twitter it's going to be gravity duck gravity duck (laughs) gravity duck yes it looks like it's a a platformer uh where you're a duck and uh i think it's uh gravity that controls you huh hence the name excellent (laughs) interesting you sound perplexed, Mindy. Are you, are you looking for a deeper meaning behind that, perhaps? Maybe a little bit. Maybe uh, just a, a, a scotch. Um, you know, that sounds like fun. Though. I'll throw on here, just from the drop, honestly, I'll throw on this uh, Gravity Ghost. Oh, yes. So this Coming. is on the drop yeah. for this week. And it's, uh, it's, it's a puzzle game, but by the description of the game, like you can't die, there's nothing attacking you. So I think it's one of those games that once, depending on what the puzzles are, once the solution gets up, will be fairly quick, fairly quick spam. And and uh, on a related note, again on the drop, you've got Fatal Twelve. Uh, that's a visual novel, so those tend to get pushed into the spam category. Oh, it is a visual novel. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah, good. Um, and of course, the the Data Live uh, Rio reincarnation, the EU version as well. I think came out last week. Although that is not a quick VN. Uh, it's definitely not a quick VN if you're going to read it, but it's not even a quick VN if you're going to skip it uh, either. So so be careful. Oh, and Woodle Tree Adventures. Has anyone played this yet? No. 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 So look, in full disclosure, I, I should warn the listeners, I don't accept codes usually. Well, that's because I usually don't get offered them. But under this very uh, amusing circumstance, which I won't go into, I did get a code for this one. So I thank... I thank friend that said that to me just to appease me. And I did try it. Look, it's not, it's definitely not for me at all. You know, it's a platformer or whatever else. So uh, the right stick uh, controls the camera angles and that was just a bit too much for my uh, limited you know, brain power at the time. But I understand that it's quite quick, um, but it is only 100% and it is two, two stacks. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that's, that's a lot. Is there anything else there? Oh, there's another crossovers. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think potential potential spam, depending on how this game plays. This Agent A, a puzzle in disguise. Mm. Oh, actually, you know what? Now I'm seeing complete all conversations with. I withdraw. I withdraw this. You can't. I, I, you, I, you've I already penetrated into, the spam <laughs> I will put it into the category of fast platinum, but probably yeah. not spam. 
Well, maybe maybe that's the solution. Maybe that's the event I would like, a, a, a spam event, but not where you play the games. You have to like speculate and you have to submit what you think are going to be spam. And then, you know, then we it's like a stock market for spam. <laughs> you have to wait and see. That would be, that would be a fun event. <laughs> anyway, that's probably only fun for me. <laughs> no, I, would I feel that. like we have done something. We have done something like that where you've created your own game and made your own trophy list. Oh, yes. So I think that would be a fun, easy peasy spam type event where you have to generate your own easy peasy game and a trophy list and how fast it's going to take. Yeah. No, it was a trophy guide. It was for my birthday. Well, yeah, we did that too, but I think we actually did another one where you created a game. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Mm. There's so many events. It's hard to remember them all. Mm. Well, look, listeners, I'm definitely going to log onto this site this week and, and look into all this because it, it's been fascinating today to learn about it. And I think there's a, a lot of enjoyment uh, and fun to be had there. So I'd like to thank you, Slammer, for joining us. I hope you are. I hope you had a reasonable time. I certainly did. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Not a problem. Now, if we're trying to find you, uh, would you like to do some self-promotion? Where can we Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Slammajama28. I'm also mainly on PlayStationTrophies.org. Uh, I'm one of the, I'd say, more active members nowadays where if you post something, I'm probably going to respond to you. I have a YouTube channel. I have no idea how to get to it. There's a link somewhere somehow. (laughs) It's not like YouTube slash slam or anything. It's like YouTube slash channel slash some nonsense. But yeah, definitely Twitter or PlayStation Trophies is where you can find me. Yeah, perfect. And Mindy, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at The Mind is a City. I also co-run the Push to Plat twitter i am also on playstationtrophies.org on the guide team if you ever wanted to learn how to write a trophy guide contact me over there i will help you through the process also newly newly created we'll see how this goes have a coffee page coffee kofi i i really don't know how it's pronounced but i think it's coffee okay coffee <laughs> ko-fi.com slash the mind is a city it's just a little tip jar. It occurred to me a while back that, you know, in my interview I said, you know, people people will give money to video guide creators and, and not written guide creators. And I realized, well, I'm not giving people a way to do that. You know, maybe people do want to do that. So if you want to help support my writing, feel free. Do not feel pressured to at all. It's not a subscription thing. It's just kind of, it's like a tip jar. So that's there too if you want. How, how do people find that? Sorry, Mindy. Oh, coffee, ko-fi.com slash the mind is a city. Perfect. And listeners, look, we now have our own push to plat- platinum club on the PS4 community. So this took a, quite a while to set up because I really don't know how those things work. But anyway, it is there now. So, you know, if you're one of those people that likes to post platinum pictures or, you know, whatever, you want to throw us a question, just a comment or some absurdity, please feel free to do so. And what we're going to do is I uh, I will read out the people that have earned plats in the week uh, as we go. So having a look, look, we'll have to start with the the, the mind as a city sheet for 501 with there with me and sagebrush as well congratulations mindy uh and look slammer jammer modern what well, we've talked about this day haven't we 140 modern warfare 139 was portal knights that's fantastic and then look at this this banana here this affectatious dog he's trying to start it off with a super willy wheeloo that's that's an achievement for him that one so you know but listeners i see that we're slowly we're picking some people up we haven't advertised yet but feel free to jump in there if you like the show does have its own twitter at 
push to the number plat, push to plat. And the show is available on iTunes, Podcast, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Radio, Spotify, Himalaya, since I figured that out, and uh, a few other other ones around the around the traps. Just a reminder, if you could give us a like and subscribe, or you know, just reach out and, and throw us a comment, it all helps so that we can find wonderful guests like Slammer today to bring to you, and we can learn. So that being said, I'm going to sign off here. Have a fantastic week of trophy hunting. Happy gaming. Have a blast. Thank you. And thank you, Slammer and Mindy. Thank you. Bye.